God, we love you. We give you thanks. We give you praise for all that you do and all that you are. God, this morning we come once again and we open up your word. God, this word as we read in scripture is is alive and it is active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray that this word would come alive this morning in this place. That the words that come out of my mouth would be your words and not my words. God, no one, no one came to hear from Pastor Chris today. We always come to hear from you. God, we, we need a word from you. We desire a word from you. We hunger for a word from you this morning. God, may we leave here knowing that we have met with you and knowing that you have spoken through your word. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are uh, in a series here uh, in 1 John. Uh, we have... Last week, we started this series in 1 John, really just looking uh, at the first four verses of chapter 1. 1 John, as we talked about last week, is really a book about life and light and love. Uh, Those are kind of the key themes in this this, uh, book. Last week, we talked a lot about life and eternal life and and non-eternal life. And we talked about just these first four verses, and because what John does here is kind of introduce this idea that there may be a life that we do not know about now, that we might not be experiencing. We went back to John chapter 12 and looked at, at the kind of life that John talks about in this, in this gospel. He talks about uh, if you love your life, you will lose it, but if you hate your life, you will gain it and gain life everlasting. That's John chapter 12. We talked about these two different kinds of lives that are talking about here. This, this suke life, this human experience kind of life that John is talking about in contrast with and what John uses in, in 1 John chapter 1 here, this zoe aeon life, this eternal life, this life that only God can give. And Jesus, as we read in 1 John in the first, first four verses there, Jesus is not only the messenger of this eternal life, he is the embodiment of this eternal life. This eternal life that we can have now, this eternal life that isn't just something that we look forward to in the future, this eternal life is something that we have right now in this moment today. And so I want to I just move forward from there, kind of springboard from that into into verse 5 as we keep going here. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. But I really want to talk about this. How do we, I want to unpack a little bit of how this new life, how this zoe aeon, this eternal life, is, is even possible. How is it possible that we can have this eternal life right now? I think John does this. He kind of explains this, talks through this a little bit, using this imagery of darkness and light. This is not new for John. John uses it all throughout his gospel as well. In fact, on our way to 1 John, if you want, you can take a tour of the gospel of John with me, and we'll just talk about some of the times that he talks about light. John chapter 1, the gospel of John uh, chapter 1. We read this last week as we were talking about the word. Right? We talked about John's use of the word word for Jesus. And this week we'll, we'll kind of use the same passage, but talk about his use of the word light. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. In him was life. Talking about Jesus again. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Moves down to verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
Again, talking about Jesus as light. You move forward to chapter 3, verse 19. We'll we'll go from 19 to 21 here. This is the verdict. Remember, this is right after John 3.16 here. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever uh, believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is immediately following that. Verse 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen what they have done has been done in the sight of God. There's this play, light and darkness here. We go again to chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus claims here in the Gospel of John that he is the light of the world. All right, and then we get to, to John chapter 12. 12, verse 46. <clears throat> He says this, I have come into the world, as Jesus speaking, as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You see, that this, this is not a new thing. What we're about to read in 1 John, and him using this, this phrase that God is light, we, we use this imagery of light and dark, this is not a new thing for John. But I think sometimes there's some, some misconceptions about light and dark, because sometimes we, we see light and dark as kind of opposites, as mortal enemies. We talk about these, these epic battles between light and dark, between good and evil, and, and we have these. But light and dark are not necessarily opposites. And stick with me here. This, I, I don't think this is just semantics. Light and dark are not opposites. Darkness is the absence of light. Darkness does not go against light. If there is a dark room and you introduce a light, the darkness cannot stay. Darkness does not push back against light. Light wins every single time. Darkness is the absence of light. It's not the opposite. It's the absence of light. And it's always at the mercy of light. And, I, and I, again, I think, it, I think it's more than just semantics there. You might think it's just semantics. But I think here the truth It's pretty simple. John says that as we read in a second that God is light and that in him there is no darkness. He is a light of love. He's a light of truth. He's a light of joy and peace and freedom. And just so with that quick understanding of light and dark, I want to let's go to to 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 5 and we'll just read the whole passage here. We're going to go all the way to chapter 2, verse 6. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. That's going to be our our focus passage for this morning. I think in this passage, there are kind of three pieces of news for us. There is good news, there is bad news, and there is the greatest news in this passage. here's, Here's the good news, that God is light. Here's, here's, what, here's, a, here's another term for you. God is holy. In Him there is no darkness at all. God is so separate, so other than we are. God is holy. This is, this is consistent all throughout Scripture. This is, I think, John's way of talking about the holiness of God. Talking about God as light and in Him there is no darkness. I mean, you contrast that with us. Because here's the bad news. We are not. We are not light. We are not holy. The good news is that God is holy. The bad news is we're not in fact, there are, there are nine times between ver- chapter 1, verse 6, and 2, verse 2, that John mentions sin here. John mentions darkness here. That's, that's more than one time per verse that John is talking about sin. He's not talking about sin as though God is doing it. He's talking about that in terms of us. We are sinful people. We, we are the ones... That sin, and, and in fact, verse 8 and 10, John addressing the people who say that they have no sin. And he pretty much just straight up calls them liars. If you say that you have no sin, you lie. I'll just, if we claim to be without sin, verse 8, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. We all sin. Our nature is not a, not a holy nature. It's not a nature of light. Our nature is a nature of, of darkness. Our nature is, is different than God. I mean, Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is, this is, this is who we are. And I want you to just think about these two Pieces of news together. God is holy. We are not. God is light. We are not. There's a dilemma here. Because if God is holy, if God is light, and God being holy means that He is 
totally separate from us, that God being holy means he is, he is perfect. There is no darkness, there is no sin in God. God is a just God. God is a loving God. How, how can God be holy and still be in a relationship with us who are not? Now we talk about, well, God is a God of love, so why doesn't God just, just kind of overlook our sins? God forgives our sins. Isn't that what he does? He just overlooks our sins? No. Because God is holy, he cannot just overlook our sins. Because that would mean that he is no longer just. I mean, think about this. If there was a judge and there was a court case sitting before him, and this man or woman was guilty of murder and and all kinds of stuff, and the judge just stood up there and he said, you are guilty, but I forgive you. You can go free. That judge would lose his job in about three seconds. There would be pushback all over the place because that is not right. That is not just. It's not fair. See, here's God who essentially sits in that judge seat. And here's us who... We are people of sin and people of darkness. How can the two come together? Well, I told you there was good news and there's bad news, but there's also the greatest news in this passage. Because you get to to chapter 2, and here's here's what chapter 2 says. My dear children, I write this for you so that you will not sin, But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. How do the two come together? How does does God, the Holy One, God, the the Holy Other, He is over here in in a category all by Himself. How does He come into relationship with us who are not holy, who are not able to to make that connection, not able to be in this relationship. Otherwise, we would ruin the holiness of God. How does this happen? Because Jesus Jesus is a sacrifice. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son that whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus comes to the earth to be the sacrifice for your sin and for my sin. So that we would have eternal life with Jesus, with God. How does a holy God have a relationship with unholy people? Someone comes in the middle. His name is Jesus Christ. He comes to earth and he lives a life that we could not live. He lives a sinless life. He dies the death that we deserve to die so that we might be with God eternally. This is powerful stuff. Now, this is the gospel right here. This is, this is exactly what this is. This is a picture of the gospel. This is the best news that we have in Scripture. 
Verse 2, this, this word, atoning sacrifice, it might be in your translation as the propitiation of our sins. This, this word is such a, such a powerful word. This, this word, this atoning sacrifice is literally, I mean, here, here's what this is. This is a sacrifice that settles judgment or that settles wrath, that satisfies wrath. This is the kind of sacrifice that Jesus is for us. This is exactly what he came to do. This is, this is the best news. This is the, this is the gospel. I mean, that through Jesus' blood, we can be in a relationship with the holy, just, loving God. I mean, no wonder in verse 4 that we left off with last week, he says, we write this to make our joy complete. What is the joy that they have? The joy that they have is that through Jesus Christ, we can be one. We can walk in the light as he is calling us to do here. There's good news, there's bad news, there's the best news. What do we do with this news? Well, John doesn't really keep it secret here what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to walk in the light. To walk in the light. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What does it look like to walk in the light? What does it mean for you and I to walk in the light of Christ? To walk in the light of God? What does it mean for us to be in the light? To walk in the light? I think even just from this passage, there are a couple different, different attitudes that we have as we walk through walk in the light. The first one is this, is we have to be honest. 1 John 1, 9 is probably my... One of my favorite verses in Scripture, if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The thing is, we have to be honest with ourselves about our sin, and then we have to be honest with God about our sin. Too often, I think, we try and justify our actions and justify our lives, and we try and, try and basically stand just as close to sin as possible. We kind of search for that line, right? How far can I go and have it not be a sin? We do this all the time. How far can I go and not call it a sin? Because we don't want to be sinful people. We know that's not what God desires of us, but we don't want to do everything that he calls us to do. We need to, we need to be able to call a sin a sin Amen. and not toe the line of where is sin and where is not sin, but be able to say, this is how God is calling me to live and I'm going to live that way, Amen. which leads to the second thing, obedience. What does it mean to walk in the light? It means to be honest about our sin, to call a sin a sin, but also to, to obey. I mean, you look at this, this the end of what we read today, chapter 2, verse 3, we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. This is a picture of obedience. 
Obedience is just allowing our, our natural inclinations to be overtaken and submitted to God's desires in our lives. It's allowing our natural inclinations to be overtaken by the Word of God. And to do that, we need to know the Word. We need to be in this book. In this book is everything that we need to live the life that Jesus is calling us to live. We need to obey. We need to read this book not not out of duty, not because we feel like we have to, but because we want to know what God says about our lives about how God is calling us to live, about how God would, would ask us to move forward. We need to obey. We need to know the Word. We need to be in the Word. We need to have a hunger for more of the Word. And, and I love what happens when we obey. I, I love what it says here. Whoever claims... I'm sorry. But if anyone obeys His Word, verse 5 in chapter 2, love for God is truly made complete in them. That as we obey, as we continue to know this word and and gravitate towards this word and obey this word, that love for God, this relationship that we're being called to, to be able to walk in the light, our love for God is made complete as we do that. I just think, how, how powerful is that? I don't want anything else. I want my love for God to be complete. I I want to obey God. I want to to walk in the light. But here's the thing. We We don't walk in the light and we don't obey to be accepted by God. We walk in the light. We obey because we are accepted by God. We're not going to earn it. We can never earn it. Because there is nothing that we could do that could bridge this gap between a holy God and us. There is no amount of good things, no amount of good works that could take the place of Jesus on the cross. This is the best news. This is the gospel. Jesus came as a sacrifice for our sins. And because of that, we have the opportunity to walk in the light of Christ, to be known by a holy God, to be loved by a holy God and to love him and to know him in return. How powerful, there's nothing more powerful than that. Nothing more amazing than that. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And if we do that, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you. And God, this morning we are just 
blown away by your love and by your grace. God, you are holy. You are separate. You are in a league of your own. And we are not. But through the sacrifice of Jesus, we can be one. We can be united with you. We can be in a relationship with you, God. This, this relationship of love and of light that you call us to, God, would we, would we just chase after that? Would we decide today in this moment that we will be people who walk in the light? That we will be honest about our sin. That we will, we will call it what it is. We will call sin a sin and not, not go after those things. But we will, we will run from those things and run towards your will for our life. And God, we, we will know that will for our life because we are in your word. We are obeying your word. Would today be the day that we decide to walk in the light? Or that we, that we recommit to, to, to walk in the light? that we would know you, that we would come to love you deeper. And we would come to a deeper understanding of your love for us. God, you are good. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you do, just uh, just hold your hands out and just receive this blessing from God. May our God, our holy, just, loving God, may he speak into your life this week. May he guide and direct you this week. May he show you his love and his grace and his mercy in a brand new way this week. And would you take that and go out, be bold for him, make a difference in your community, wherever you may find yourself. Go in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.